It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Packers. Your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. And you are locked on, Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And the Green Bay Packers are going to the NFC Championship game, and I bet there isn't a single one of you, including the guys talking to you right now, who thought that was possible at 4-6 and six just eight weeks ago. An unbelievable turnaround in an unbelievable game. Aaron Rodgers to Jared Cook. Cook keeps those size 15 feet in bounds. For a 35-yard catch, and that sets up Mason Crosby for a 51-yard game-winning field goal. And it's Packers-Falcons at 2.05 Sunday with a chance at the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. And we'll get into all that in a minute with our post-game podcast with my Packer Report colleague, Keith Rodink. But first, I'd like to remind you to check out the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network, which includes Locked On NFL, Locked On NFL Draft, and Locked On Falcons to help you get ready for Sunday's game. And, of course, check out my work over at PackerReport.com. I've got a game story, a story on Mason Crosby, a story about how the Packers overcame the loss of Jordy Nelson in the post-game numbers piece, along with about a half-dozen highlights videos provided courtesy of the NFL. So let's just dive right into it with my Packer Report colleague, Keith Rodank. All right, Keith, did you uh, get any more white hair after that one? I know I did. That was... uh... A sweaty palm, sweaty feet, uh, white hair kind of game. Oh my gosh! You know, I I don't know if I got any more any more white or gray hair, but my uh, my son uh, said he thought I, I probably had a few extra wrinkles after that game. It was uh, man, that was that was tense. That was that was exciting. It was crazy. And I'll tell you what, Mason Crosby walks out there and hits one of the biggest kicks in Packer history, and and he looks about as nervous as as you or I do. You know, when we do a load of laundry, I mean, that, that's, I mean, talk talk about a guy with the, the cliche ice water in the veins. I mean, that you know, if Randall Cobb was was lightning last week. I mean, Crosby was ice. He just he, he looked so calm, so collected, and I mean, that is that is exactly what you want. I actually, I'll tell you what, both times he went out there, you know, the the kick to to get him to thirty one and the one at thirty four, I felt. I would say almost as probably more calm than he did. I just I had a lot of confidence in him making those kicks. But man, oh man, oh man, the, the last four minutes of that game was, you know, that was as exciting as as any Packer game you can you can think of. Well, since we're talking Crosby, we'll we'll stick with that. You know, I looked it up on, at Pro Football Reference to refresh my memory. In his entire career, he was up until this season, he was six out of eleven on field goals either in overtime or with two minutes or less in regulation in a three-point game. In the, in the last, his last try, not calling the Bears game, but you know before that, was that game at Lambeau against the Lions last year where he like, 
when you like topped it like I do on the, with, my, with my fairway wood from 52 yards and it made it like half the distance. And it's like one, it's like one of the all-time kicking choke jobs you'd ever seen. And then in a situation like this with the game on the line twice to come through on, just unbelievable. It, it really is. And, and you know, you, you can't help but, but go back to, you know, how many, how many years was it, you know, two seasons ago, three seasons ago when, you know, he, could, he was missing left, he was missing right, he was missing short, you know, and fans were ready to run him out of town. You know, never mind, none of the kicks, um, you know, he wasn't blowing potential game winners. In fact, and, and, and really the most ironic twist of all is that every time you missed a kick, it, it almost really didn't matter. But, you know, people were still ready to run him out of town. And you, you got to, again, tip your cap to, to uh, you know, Mike McCarthy and, and especially Ted Thompson for having faith and really going off of his entire body of work and saying, you know what, nope, we're, we're sticking with him. And, and again, for you know, we, we want to get on Ted Thompson for the free agent deals he doesn't make. You know, he, here's, one, here's a guy he hung on to and, and it proved him right today. It's a, it's a very successful coach, Mike McCarthy, and it's, it's the patience. Highly successful. Highly successful. Um, they are patient. Mason Crosby, Devontae Adams... Fans want to run, like you said, the fans want to run Crosby out of here. They want to run Adams out of here. And they just keep coming through again and again. One of the great playoff performances of all time. Um, God, where the hell do you start? I guess I'll start here. Apparently, you don't need Jordy Nelson. They did last year, but it's unbelievable. It's They scored 34 points against the league's fifth-ranked defense without... Without the, without the NFL's leader in touchdown catches, this I guess it's just how good Rodgers is and just how formidable the rest of the guys are. When you got a healthy Devontae Adams and you add Jared Cook to the mix. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah, you know, and it's funny you you watch this game, and I think you know there was so much so much talk and so much just thought put into Jordy Nelson being out of the lineup. And once the game starts again, and they have, they get out to that twenty-one to three lead, at no point are you thinking. Man, if only they had Jordy Nelson. I mean, somehow against all odds, it just they, again miraculously they don't need him, and I think it speaks to how red how red hot Rogers is, and I think it just speaks to how everybody else is stepping up from you know Adams to you know Cobb with the clutch play on the sideline to Cook to Rogers with the touchdown to Montgomery, you know not ripping off big yards but ripping off big chunks that really key times and you know it's it really is it's incredible the level this offense is operating on and I think conversely at the start of this game man did Dallas look out of sync I mean with the 12 men on the field and having to take the time out and you know suddenly that week off and, and that regular season loss against Philly you're like thinking well okay this team this team looks rusty you know maybe you've got a little bit of playoff nerves with your young quarterback and you know, Green Bay came out again, just looking battle tested from you know the last seven in a row. You know, I did my prediction on, on at Pack Report yesterday or on this morning, and I picked the Cowboys, and I and I had it with the caveat of like like you just mentioned, they didn't really play in Week 17, and then you get the bye, they're going to be rested, but are they going to be too rested? Right. And and I said, you know, maybe they can go take a ten nothing lead on them. Well, shoot! It took twenty-one to three lead on them. I, it's 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 exactly what they had to do, and it's the, as much as you want to have a great team. 
I don't know how you handle it if you're a coach. It's, it's you know, the damn if you, damn if you don't thing. If you're Jason Garamy, if you play your guys and, God forbid, you know, Elliot gets his hand broke or something on a tackle, then you get then you get ripped for that. And if you don't play your guys and you come out looking like crap to start a game, you get ripped for that. I, I don't I don't know how the, there, there's probably no right way to handle that. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's definitely a, a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like you said, you know, if they, if they play hard in that final game of the season against Philly, if somebody gets hurt, I mean, oh my gosh, people are people are going to run him out of town on a on a rail despite the success they had to put him in that position. But yeah, I don't know. I you know, I, I gosh, I don't want to say team of destiny, but you you look at what this Packer team is doing, and I love that they've been playing every week, and it's felt like a it's felt like a playoff since week eleven. You know, they are as battle tested as. I mean, this, they're, they're they're even more tested than the 2010 team was. The, the 2010 team had to win twice to get in. These guys have had to win every single game, and it's you know they're they're losing at Detroit. Um, they had well, they they cough up the lead against the Bears. They're losing against the Lions. They're losing against the Giants. You know, McCarthy screws up the fourth down call against the Giants. They're, they're they give away the lead in this game. They just keep coming at you. It's a it's. I don't know how you can quantify it. I mean, obviously you can't quantify it, but you sure like that fact going into a game against Atlanta, where you're, you're probably going to hit some adversity there too. That that you're that you're so battle tested that you're going to look at looking in the face and just just keep right on rolling. I think so, and, and I'll tell you what I think. I think the Packer defense needs to have that you know battle tested. We're going to take your best shot, and we're going to keep getting up. Sort of, sort of feel. I mean, certainly. Ladarius Gunter, who I'll say this, he's he was pretty damn close to Bryant on most plays. Right. Even that even that first touchdown, I mean, he literally as he looks back has his left hand on Bryant's chest. You still think he's got a chance to maybe pull it down and hook Bryant's arm so he can't pull it in, but you know, that ball was put, you know, pretty much in, in Bryant's left hand and he just needed his other hand to secure it. So I don't know, I mean, but I mean, what else are they going to do? And then the other thing is, you know, when, when Gunter and Morgan Burnett collide early in the game, I mean, you know, welcome to the playoffs, Kentrell Bryce, and I'll tell you what, I thought he had a pretty great game, and, you know, not even, you know, punctuated by the uh, hit on Cole Beasley, that I don't know how there wasn't a fumble, and I don't know how Cole Beasley didn't get up and, and wonder what state he was in. Because that... That might be the Packer Report hit of the year, Bill. <laughs> That's right. Stay tuned for the Packer Report awards at some point in the season, maybe in a month. But God, I there. You, you obviously you hope Burnett's not seriously hurt, but yeah. man, they are. I don't know. I don't know how you can beat the Falcons if that's your secondary. But I probably said that a number of times. I don't know how you beat this team with this, and they just keep doing it. Well, and, and again, let's man, let's get Micah high props. I mean, he is, I don't, every single week, he does something. There is some play that he makes, and, you know, a, a tip pass, or, you know, he had the interception in the end zone, you know, a few weeks ago, and, and I mean, today, it, it's getting that sack early, and, you know, he's he's breaking up passes, and, I mean, my, my God, you know, sack, and, it, you know, he gets the interception, too, and I don't, I don't know what more you can ask of him. He should score a touchdown on that because <laughs> Prescott took one step and I saw it was coming. I said, touchdown. 
And I meant for Hyde because I, I saw him coming. Oh, yeah. It was a great play. It was a good, good play by Brian heads up the catch him. But, man, that is that is all-world sixth sense play by Hyde. And that guy has made a lot of money this year, which may be not good news for the Packers in the long run. But for a guy that we talked about who's probably playing too many snaps early in the year, no, nah, I think he's probably playing the right number of snaps. I think he's, he's just rounded into form. It's amazing how a guy can play safety. Then he has to go play corner. And whatever you ask Micah Hyde to do, he just jumps right in and does it. Absolutely. Yeah, with with vigor. He is just, you know, yeah. So Bryant, he makes that play, and Bryant grabs him by the jersey. And, and if that doesn't happen, he is gone. But, you know, that is just, that's one of those plays. He lines up, and he knows it. I mean, Hyde knows it. He's seen it on film. He's watching Brian and Prescott look at each other. He's watching Prescott wait for that snap, and he is there. He is just, you know, he's, you know, probably the hardest thing for him on that was to not give away that he right. knew exactly what was happening. But, Mike, I, again, that goes to that goes to him as a player. That goes to, to Capers having these guys ready. It's just that it's that individual preparation, and again. There is Micah Hyde. There is Micah Hyde getting an interception. You know, later on he gets a he gets a key breakup. Early in the game, he had that sack, blitzing off the corner. But yeah, I don't I don't know what Micah Hyde can't do for them right now. And and, and again, they need it. They need it because now Morgan Burnett goes down. So you know, who knows if Burnett's back next week? Who knows if Rollins is back next week? You know, God bless Ladarius Gunter, who doesn't seem bothered by anything, but. Again, it makes zero sense how this secondary is doing half of what they're doing. It, it really doesn't, but we just saw them do it again. Well, let's go to the other side of the ball. I mean, the defense, they, you know, what, what can you say? They, they, had, they had a tough day after the Cowboys got rolling, but I mean, it's what you figured, right? I mean, that's a hell of a good offense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers is. I don't know what else you can say. It's too bad. I'm sure. I know the MVP MVP voting's been done already, but man, oh man, oh man, the the guy is. It's quarterbacking like I've never seen. I, you know, Bill, I'm probably going to have to write a, a column sometime. And I mean, you 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 know me for a lot of years. You you know my 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 uh, uh, love and, and man crush. I've been accused of for Brett Favre, and I mean. You know, for me, there's, there's maybe. No I mean, just because you have I heart Favre tattooed on your forehead, I mean, it's it's doesn't mean that you love the guy. It's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I never thought, and, and again, and I still, I still, when I rank, when I rank the all-time greats, you know, I think it's, if I'm being objective, you know, it's probably, you know, it, it's probably Brady in Montana, and God help me, maybe even Peyton Manning before I get to Favre, but. I watch Aaron Rodgers play, and I I can't not say that this this streak that he's on is the best quarterbacking play I've ever seen over this time frame that I've ever seen. Out of any, you know, I I you know I'm trying to think back to the year when Brady had 50 touchdowns or, or whatever when he had when he had Randy Moss, and it's but I mean it's it's bad, and you think of you know, far during the MVP stretch, and you think of you know Joe Montana in some of those years when the when the Niners were winning it, and what Aaron Rodgers is doing is it, it's just it's as perfect and at as high a level as I as I've ever seen. I just 
I don't know how else to describe it. And I mean, you know, sure, he's getting some great catches. I mean, the, the sideline catch by Todd, the sideline, you know, catch by Jared Cook that they reviewed at the end. Though, you know, Geronimo Allison, man, talk about talk about a, a young guy making a clutch play, you know, takes off on a crossing pattern, catches his quarterback scrambling and comes back and makes that, that diving catch in the open field. So, I mean, guys are stepping up and making great catches. You know, Richard Rodgers looking back, catching that first touchdown, you know, that comes over Sean Lee's shoulders. But Aaron Rodgers is putting that ball in the perfect spot, in the perfect spot, not once in a while, all the time. It's, I, it's, it's amazing. I, I mean, someday we'll look back and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be old men in the press box, though, where, you know, if we, if we can do well enough to, you know, be, uh, be future versions of, of Art Daly, you know, covering, covering the team in our 90s, we'll be doing, no matter what happens next week, we'll be talking about this stretch of quarterback play that Aaron Rodgers is on right now. Does that mean we'll be in the press box like Art? God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need to elaborate on that. So, nobody, you know, when you're covering games in the press box, and I actually just had somebody ask me last week, they're like, oh, oh was everybody in the press box going nuts after, you know, I forget what play it was in the Jazz game. And I'm like, um, no. <laughs> like, really? And I'm like, yeah, no, the whole, I gave them the whole, you know, under rules of the Pro Football Writers Association and the announcement and the no chair. I'm like, you know, people will be like, oh, or ah, uh, you know, you'll get that in the press box. But and you laugh at people, too. Yeah, we laugh at people. Laugh and mock people. Um, but, you know, there's there's no overt chance. But, and, and, yeah, by the same token, there's there's no yelling or cursing unless you're Art Daly. Art, I mean, Art wanted to drop a GD. He wanted to pound his fist in a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> After an interception, and, you know, we keep a vision immediately turn around like, who is this guy? And I had somebody else there one time that like, Who's that old older gentleman sitting next to you that's cursing? I was like, that's Art Daly. Like he covered Don Hudson, and everybody says, and he can say whatever the hell he wants. That's right. And the guy just looked at me. He's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that will be us someday when we're old. There's some god awful quarterback who's from his fourth pick of the day. God damn it! <laughs> There's no god damn it, Mr. Rogers. You know the one. There's only really one knock on Rogers coming into the last year or two, and that was his lack of clutch play. You know, he didn't have a whole lot of fourth-quarter comebacks, and some of that was because he, there wasn't a, lot, a whole lot of fourth-quarter comebacks to be had. But that was like the one hole on his resume. Is well, fine, but when it's clutch, when it's crunch time, I just don't trust him. Man, that's, that's gone out the window, too. He was, when he, when he needed to make a play, he throws a 35-yard pass on a rope at the sideline to Jared Cook. I am. I, I feel almost embarrassed for just justifiably thinking, thinking that, thinking he wasn't clutch, thinking for all the things he did great. That that just that just kind of wasn't in him. That he didn't have that. And yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eric. <laughs> it's again. I mean, what, what more can the guy do? What more can the guy do? I don't know. That was a. Uh... He, look, he, he's got no running game. I mean, it's there, sort of, but, I mean, everybody in the world knows that the only reason why they're running the ball is so the receivers can take a break for a second. It, it's, all on, it's all on, I mean, again, not to take away from the role of the receivers, but it's, it's all on the quarterback. There, there's nothing, you're right, there's no, I don't know what more you can do. There's probably nothing. Yeah, 
It is, but I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I want to give Ty Montgomery credit for. He got he got yards at, at key times, and he had he had three or four nice runs that were first downs. And, and there were times where, again, when the way Rodgers is playing, he hands off to Montgomery. And Montgomery isn't quite as good as he was in that Chicago game. I mean, if we all thought that was some type of awakening, I mean, that wasn't going to be him every week. Um, he might be half that guy on a regular basis, but I'll tell you what, I'll take, I'll take 80 yards rushing out of him and a few receptions. But he had some runs tonight, and I would have to go back and look through the play-by-play, but, I mean, key runs where he's, he's getting extra yards and he's spinning and he's pushing forward. And then you had Aaron Rutkowski get that key run, that, you know, 15 or 18-yard run, whatever that was, you know, towards the end of set things up, too. So, I mean, yeah, you know, this isn't, this isn't uh, you know, the NFC version of, of you know, Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers or, you know, any other power rushing team. But if you can get some opportunistic runs here and there, just to, just to make people not be able to sit back and play the pass all day, I mean, I, I think that's going to work. And we didn't. Am I wrong, though, that Chris and Michael not get a carry today? That's correct. I don't know. I don't know what was up with that. Well, I'll tell you what. He almost, he almost killed him. Yes. Not, not being able to figure out, oh, did I, you know, he bobbled that ball coming out on the kick return. He's like, was it over the goal line? Was it not over the goal line? You know, he kind of looks up at Janice for a second. And he's like, I don't know. Yeah, you're not gonna, I'm sorry. You're not going to get any help from Jeff Janice, probably. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I'm just saying. Not a... Not at all. But I mean, that was uh, it was weird to again, and I don't, I don't understand what goes on in the back room with with Michael and why, you know, we wondered why he didn't get the ball more. Then he looked great last week, and I expected him to get the ball a little more this week. And mysteriously, he got zero touches. So who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe they're going to roll him out again in Atlanta. But like I said, it's 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 opportunistic run game, and I guess. Big game for the tight ends, and that was the. And I pointed that out in something I did this morning too. Was Dallas had the worst defense in the league against tight ends, and Jared Cook six for one hundred four, and Richard Rodgers one for thirty four in the touchdown. So they got one hundred and thirty eight yards from those guys. And you mentioned that pass to Rodgers. You talk about a tight window. You're talking about it between um, Sean Lee's helmet, hand, and shoulder pads from forty yards away. Unbelievable, man! But and how the how, of course then Richard Rogers drops one late in the game too. But yeah, this is this is kind of what we all expected when when they signed Cook. I realized it didn't work out with the Rams, but he never had a quarterback there, and now that he's got a quarterback, he's he's big time. I would hope that the Packers would, would sign him, but oh he's, God, he's I, making more and more money every week. Yeah, for sure. And and that play, you know, and. and I didn't need the review. I mean, I'm sure like you, you know, you saw it, you knew it was good. They're going to review it just, you know, if that's what they're going to do at that spot in the game. But again, if that isn't the biggest catch of Jared Cook's career, I don't know what it is. I mean, that's, you know, again, you, for, uh, you know, you, you and I know and, and anybody that covers the team, when you walk out of the Packer locker room, between the, you know, when they come up the tunnel and they turn and there's a, you can go, you can go through one set of doors into the media auditorium where, you know, anybody that's ever watched the press conferences will, you know, see uh, Rodgers and McCarthy at the podium. If you go straight the other way and up, up the ramp a little bit, you get to the locker room. But on the walls on each side, from the top of the tunnel to the locker room, are these pictures of, 
you know, the greatest moments in Packer history. It's, you know, the, the you know, improbable bobble, and it's Al Harris, you know, after the interception, you know, against the Seahawks, you know, the, the pick six, you know, pointing as he's about to run down the field. And, you know, I I watch these games, and I'm like, man, what is what is going to be the moment from this year? And it's just, you, you see a play like Jared Kickbacks, and you're like, man, oh, man. Like, that is, I mean, that is why they brought him here, isn't it? Yeah, that, that was clutch. What a game. I'm just looking at the final stats here. First downs, Packers won 27 to 25. Third downs, both teams 6 out of 11. Total yards, Cowboys 429, Packers 414. Uh, total plays, 64 to 63. Yards per play, 6.7 to 6.6. These, guys, these teams could play 20 times. They'll probably be 10 to 10 for a, a final record. These guys... I, you you hate to say this because teams change every year, but you feel like it could be Packers Cowboys no different than it was when it was Favre against Aikman. It could be Packers Cowboys as the teams for three, four, five years. It's unbelievable how evenly matched these guys are. Oh yeah, and and again, I mean, you know they they kept Zeke in, in about in check about as much as I as I think you could hope for. I mean, you know he had a couple big bursts you know throughout the game. But he wasn't gashing them. He wasn't killing them. And again, it's a you know Capers was in a tough spot because you have to balance you know overcommitting to the box. Then you're going to have single coverage on the outside. You know, and we saw what Des did to single coverage. But I don't know. I mean, they won, so clearly, clearly the gamble paid off. But I don't know how Don Capers could have done that any differently. You know, I think you had to commit to the run first and at least slowing Zeke down, and you had to play single coverage, and you, you had to know you were just going to suffer through stuff. And, and again, you're, you're playing the odds, and you're, you're hoping for a turnover and, you know, seeing what happens. And, again, with Burnett going on, I mean, we talk about Micah Hyde as this personal guy. Burnett's a guy that they, you know, they, they've done everything from, you know, playing the cornerback in a pinch to, you know, playing basically as an inside linebacker when they needed to. So, you know, who knows the, the depth at which losing him early in the game and having to replace him with Bryce kind of influenced some of the versatility of, of his scheme. That's a good point on Hyde. I know we talked about him earlier, too. I thought the Packers would play their base 3-4 most of the game. They played nickel like all but like five snaps. I mean, the nickel or dime. They, they, they hardly ever used their base. And basically their answer to that was they kind of tried, tried to split the difference and they had Hyde at the line of scrimmage. Even even against like two receiver sets, he was there. He was at the line of scrimmage as a slot corner, which means you're basically just an extra linebacker in there. So once again, it's Micah Hyde doing everything from covering guys to basically playing, trying to do his best in, in run support against a 240 pound running back. Hell of a player, man! Oh man! Yeah, yeah. They're gonna. Oh, it's you know. And again, I mean, let's 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 give a uh, let's give some some respect to Dak Prescott, too, because, I mean, he actually, you know, if anybody who thought the game was going to be too big for him, and especially the way they started out and when they got down 21-3, to 3, I mean, I guess the follow-up, when, when you said that this could be this could be kind of the NFC marquee matchup for a while, I mean, Dak Prescott showed people a lot in that loss, the way he, he didn't get down when it was 21-3. to 3. He hung in there. This stage was not too big for him, and, you know, he put up a good game. He's something else. Um, and of course, I'll have a good running back. But so, so what do you? I know we have all week to talk Packers Falcons, but what's your early read on on what's what Sunday's going to be like? 
you know, I had, I had thought the Seahawks maybe could beat Atlanta. And the way that game started off on Saturday, you know, I, I thought that's exactly what was going to happen. I was encouraged seeing, you know, Doug Baldwin get deep on that Falcon secondary. I was encouraged seeing what Jimmy Graham can do because I'm watching that and I'm thinking, well, okay, if it's Green Bay and Atlanta, how are the Packer receivers going to do this? You know, the secondary, you know, how is uh, how are Cook and Rodgers going to do? But I'll tell you what, with it, with, they're going to have to lock things down is Julio Jones. And I mean, they, they flipped Julio Jones from the left side to the right side. They, you know, lined him up outside and moved him inside. They had him inside and moved him outside. And my gosh, he is a, he is a matchup night. And if, when you watch the Seahawks struggle trying to do anything with Julio Jones, when you watch him, you know, getting up on a Richard Sherman and getting open in front and behind Cam Chancellor, you, you start to get a little worried at what the Packers secondary is going to do. And again, you know, the Seahawks certainly, you know, that that is not the Legion of Boom like we're used to seeing without Earl Thomas. But, I mean, they, you know, to say they struggle trying to cover Julio Jones would be a, you know, severe understatement, and then it's not just Jones because you've got Muhammad Sanu, you've got Taylor Gabriel. Um, that's a tough team, and, and again, when you and you've got Matt Ryan dropping back, and I'll, I'll tell you what, the other guy that killed the Seahawks defense was Tevin Coleman because they would drop back and throw Tevin Coleman the ball in space, and again, you know he's got that he's got that extra gear, almost like a Kristen Michael, where they get him the ball in space, and man, if you think a linebacker is going to get to him. That's not going to happen. It is. Yeah, that is an unbelievable offense. And, you know, I go back to that game. Was it week nine or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. Julio Jones got hurt early. So I think if, if you go back and look at that game, I, I keep keep that in mind when you look at the stats from that game. He was he was certain didn't do much. But Rodgers has been perfect for a while. He's going to have to be perfect again. But it's going to be a – you're going to have to go match him score for score and hope, you know, hope a ball goes through someone's hands and you catch him. It might be one of those games where the first turnover – is is going to be the team that wins the game because you you know maybe you get a fourteen point swing one way or the other there, but I think so. I mean, you gotta you know. Uh, so I don't think they can stop Green Bay either. No, well, well, no. That, well, that's the thing. That's the thing. So I mean, you, you have to love the Packers' ability to put up points in the Falcons' defense. Again, it's just you know who's going to outscore who. I even feel good about the Packers coming up with a turnover. I mean, I think I think you can feel fairly confident in that based on what's happened over the past seven games. I just don't know if one turnover is going to be enough. You may need two. You may need a, a, a Micah Hyde or a Clinton Dix interception and some kind of strip sack on a, on a high blitz off the corner or maybe you get you know Peppers and Matthews in there doing something. You're going to need a couple turnovers. I, I really think so. And it, to your point, it's, it's the cutting off the Falcons drive and, and flipping the script on that and scoring on that drive. It's how do you get that 14-point swing? Be no shortage of points. I saw the over-under is 58 points. I might I might take the over if I was a betting man. That should be a... Uh, I think I would take the over. <laughs> it should be going. All right, Keith. Appreciate your time, and we'll, uh, we'll talk Sunday night. Sounds good, Bill. Can't wait. All right, thanks. 
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.